Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading. May be seated. In the name of Jesus, in the Gospel of Mark, how does Jesus' ministry start? How does it kick off? Do you remember? He faces hellacious hostility. That's uh, last week's gospel reading. You know, Jesus, he, he goes to church. He goes to worship on the Sabbath, the synagogue. And there he stands up and he preaches a sermon. And that's when the real fun begins. An unclean spirit that has, you know, swallowed a man whole throws a hissy fit. Remember that? The unclean spirit throws a hissy fit, a terrible two tantrum, saying, Have you come to destroy us? Jesus, come on. My sulfur-smelling associates and I, we know who you are. Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy One of God. And yes, this is why Jesus comes. He comes to take back what rightfully belongs to him. And so he barks out orders, right? Shut up and scram. <laughs> yeah. And the hostility runs for the hills. Now, it's really the hissing from that slithery serpent Satan in Genesis chapter 3 that has unleashed all of this hostility in God's good creation that you and I see. And Jesus doesn't like this at all. And so, oh, 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 Jesus, he enters, he invades fully into this hostility so that he can undo that curse from Genesis chapter 3. And that's what we see play out at the synagogue in last week's gospel reading. A house of hostility transformed into God's home of hospitality. And Jesus is just warming up. He goes into another house of hostility so that he can take creation back as his home forevermore, for eternity. And that's, the, you know, the gospel reading this morning. Here we go. Mark 1, And immediately he left the synagogue and entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now we do this, don't we? Sometimes after, you know, worship, divine service, here at 303 Ruth Street, we go out for brunch, you know, to O's, or, you know, Tavern 101, or Nori's. Maybe some of you are even thinking what you're going to order after the divine service. I'm not going to have you raise your hand if that's what you're thinking about. <laughs> Nothing new, eh? Jesus and his freshly netted disciples, they leave worship and they go out for some brunch, not to Tavern 101 to get some flatbreads, okay? <laughs> Although today's the day when you get the special on the, on the flatbreads. Uh, Tavern 101 did not pay me to do an advertisement, but there we go. Okay, there we go, there we go, okay, okay. They go to Simon's house! Uh, but there's a problem, isn't there? There's a slight problem, you know, the pancake flipper is under the weather. Verse 30, now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. Simon's mother-in-law, she's uh, in her sickbed, so no one can be fed. 
how frustrating and infuriating this must be for this woman who can't show hospitality because she faces such hot, feverish hostility. Yeah, the fever is hostile. Cramping her, you know, uh, her serving style. This must be, you know, very humbling for this woman. I think we can all put ourselves in the flippy floppies of Simon's mother-in-law. I think we've all been in this kind of plight, this, this you know, kind of problem. You know, we're sick and, and we can't we can't chip in. You know, we're we're laid up, and so we can't show up. And and we and we think, oh no, I'm gonna let my loved ones down. You know, that's what you know she's thinking here. She's letting her loved ones down unable to fulfill duties and responsibilities because of, you know, emotional or psychological or physical difficulties doesn't fill us with warm fuzzies. It doesn't. Ever. So brittle and tiny, we feel. So not enough. So less than. Thankfully, this woman has, you know, an advocate, or advocates, plural. <laughs> you know, these fishermen still smelling of the sea go to bat for this woman. They go to bat for this lady who is facing such hot, feverish hostility. Verse 31. Verse 30, excuse me. And immediately they told Jesus about her. I mean, no bossing Jesus around. Hey, hey, yeah, Jesus, you got to do it this way and only this way, okay? You know, we're friends with Frank Sinatra now, and he did it his way, and, you know, we want it done our way. Yeah, yeah. None of that silliness. No. They just present the situation, and then Jesus goes into, into action. Verse 31, and he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. And the fever left her, and she began to serve them. <gasps> Here's a little taste of Easter. Lifted her up. Raised her up. This is the Easter morning resurrection verb. Because Jesus pulls a mini Easter, this woman can get off her sickbed and serve those she holds near and dear. Boys! Come and eat! Brunch is ready! Bon appetit. Here are the flatbreads. <laughs> Pretty sure she'd not serve flatbreads, but that's okay. Flatbread pizzas. Um, this house of hostility, dear friends, is transformed into a home of hospitality. God's home. He's getting back what rightfully belongs to him. Sending hostility packing with his hospitality. Making that hostility run for the hills. Okay, Pastor Aaron. Really nice story. Yeah, really nice story. Yeah. What does it have to do with us here at GLC? Thank you for asking. <laughs> it's okay. It really is a good question. A good question. It really is. I mean... <coughs> We see all of this hostility around you and me. And it appears as though Jesus' hospitality can't take back every home and city. Houses 
and cities of hostility are all around you and me. We know this. And there's even, you know, hostility in, in our houses, in the houses on our streets. And this hostility comes in many shapes and sizes, many, 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 many forms. Loneliness and losses, self-loathing, self-hatred, abuses and bruises, dashed hopes, broken dreams, unmet expectations, broken heads and broken hearts, and of course, hostility in the cities. And this hostility in our cities comes in many shapes and sizes, right? Takebacks and paybacks and kickbacks. The power hungry and the actually hungry. The dog eat dog doing and the king of the hill climbing. Dear friends, you know, this doom scrolling. <laughs> And nightly news watching gives us a dose of this hostility in graphic images and commentary, doesn't it? It can be, it can be downright overwhelming and overcoming. We actually might feel like the, uh, like the 5th century people of God in our OT Old Testament reading locked up in a Babylonian birdcage. They're in captivity. 70 years. This is the OT reading, by the way. By the way. We, get, we get the experience of God's people locked up in this Babylonian birdcage. They don't like it. They feel as though God has forgotten them and forsaken them. As though he's like AWOL. Completely left not just the building or planet Earth, left the cosmos. And yet, you know, they let God know how they feel. They, they, they lodge their complaint with him. They, they lament. They say in, uh, in the OT reading, Isaiah 40, 27, My way is hidden from the Lord. Like, he doesn't care. He doesn't see me. And my right is disregarded by my God. No, I just, I'll never be vindicated. I'll never, ever, ever be righted. The Lord remembers them. Does our God ever have amnesia? Does he? Does he? Real question. Are you listening? <laughs> he doesn't have amnesia. No, not ever. No matter the hostility, his hospitality is so much stronger, so much bigger, so much greater. They are not stuck in that Babylonian birdcage. He actually gets them to remember that, you know, he opened the door for them at the Red Sea so that he could rescue them from that Egyptian hostility. And so he's going to open the door for them again and rescue them from this Babylonian hostility. And the way he reminds them is with a word, a verb. To blow! To blow says so. Okay? Isaiah 40, verse 24. When he blows on them, he's talking about the leaders of this world, you know, those who think they're the movers and shakers, okay? When he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble, to blow on them. 
the only other time, dear friends, that this verb to blow is used in the OT, the Old Testament, is with the Exodus. When, 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 you know, that wind blew all night and opened the Red Sea for every Israelite, the watery door opened, and the Israelites walked through the Red Sea with walls of water on their left and on their right. They walked through the Red Sea on dry land. God's hospitality rescues them, rescues them and God's hospitality actually destroys the enemy, <laughs> right? His hospitality takes care of the hostility. Literally. Drowning, you know, Pharaoh and his henchmen, you know, they try to get through the Red Sea, but in the midst of the Red Sea, those, those walls of water come tumbling down on them. Downing them, drowning them, defeating them. God's people in that Babylonian birdcage, not stuck. They will soar like eagles. They will. The Lord will open the door for them and let them out of this hostility, freeing them from this Babylonian captivity. And we are not stuck either, dear friends. God's door is open to you and to me, no matter our hostility. And we all are facing it in various, in varying degrees, in different forms. We all, we, you know, we're all facing it. But the door is open. And a door is even mentioned in the gospel reading. This is no small detail. This word door seems so small, teeny tiny, but really caught my attention this week. Verses 32 and 33. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. And he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. Now, the word door here fills us with good cheer because Jesus' ministry opens the door for him to take back creation as his home forevermore. One house, one city at a time. That's what we see play out here in the gospel reading. I want you to close your eyes and just picture the scene for a moment. All of these houses of Hostility gathering at a door. A door in Capernaum. Not Simon's door, but Jesus' door. Here is the door to Jesus' welcome and hospitality and warmth and love. And they experience it in full. Disease and demons shown the door. But these folks welcome through the door. They're welcomed by Jesus. Open door, open arms, open hearth and home. His hospitality doesn't stay at this door either, does it? These folks get to carry this hospitality they receive from Jesus. They get to carry it through the doors of their houses, transforming houses of hostility into homes of hospitality. God's homes! They're no longer against anyone. How can they be? God is no longer against them, so they can't be against anyone. Open 
door, open arms, open hearth and home. God's hospitality spreading like wildfire through the land. But the greatest act of hospitality still to come. And Jesus did not want the demons to spill the beans. Verse 34. And he would not permit the demons to speak. Shut up and scram. Because they knew him. Well, who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. Who comes to make everyone sons and daughters of God. That's what he comes to do. Now, where this worldwide welcome occurs is not with any of the miracles during Jesus' earthly ministry, but rather with his death at Calvary. In Mark the Evangelist, he highlights this. He wants us to see the importance of the cross, that this is the great cosmic welcome with arms outstretched. And the way he does it is so remarkable. It's unexpected. The only time in the Gospel of Mark where you actually have someone confess Jesus as the Son of God, a human being confessing Jesus as the Son of God, is where? Is where? Is where? At the cross! And it's not even a Jew! A Gentile and a centurion at that. You can't get dirtier than that. Verse 39 of chapter 15. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. See, Jesus' ministry leads to a door slammed violently in his bloody face at Calvary so that the door of his home is now open to everybody. Jesus doesn't want us to see him just as, you know, a wonder worker. So miracling Messiah, okay? Doing tricks left and right, okay? He's not David Copperfield. Or David Blaine, okay? <laughs> He's way more than that. In the way that Mark really helps us see that the worldwide mission of Jesus is to is to bring the Father and you and me together as one, one big hospitable family. It's with his prayer life. Three times in the Gospel of Mark, it's recorded that Jesus prayed. And here's the first time, right here. Mark 135, our Gospel reading. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Jesus prays. He climbs up into the lap of his father, and he babbles away. He spends time with his father. That's what prayer is all about. Prayer is about oneing, O-N-E-I-N-G, oneing, being in blessed union and communion with the father. In the father's house, Jesus desires that all people find a place in the Father's house. This is his desire. And this desire that all feel welcomed in the Father's house is really seen the second time that Jesus prays. Several chapters later, in Mark chapter 6, right after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus prayed. Home, hospitality, table, and food all going together. But we already know this, don't we? Because of today's gospel reading, Simon's mother-in-law, when she receives divine hospitality, what does she do? She gets off her sickbed and she serves a meal to Jesus 
Simon, Andrew, Jimmy and Johnny, everyone. Everyone. Home, hospitality, table food, all going together, running together. And this is what Jesus desires. He desires this for everybody. But before that can actually occur, before that becomes a reality, Jesus must, he must tackle hostility. Hostility of sin and death must be hunted and killed. Emptied of all its power, brought to nothing. And Jesus does this by serving. By serving. Not like, you know, Simon's mother-in-law brunch, you know, after worship, or even Jesus serving, you know, the kids' happy meals, you know, feeding 5,000 men and probably adding women and children, 20,000 folks, but serving himself up on a spiky platter called the cross, as Mark 10 says, the Messiah's mission statement, 1045, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. No surprise that the third and final time Jesus prays in the Gospel of Mark is in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he cries out these words, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. The cup is that cup of hostility. Sin, death, damnation, hell, everything that keeps us outside the Father's house, Jesus will lick clean at Calvary so that no one here would ever have to say, well, you know, what Jesus does, my God, my God, why do you, why do you, Because the door is slammed in his face, the door will never be slammed in our faces. At the font, the watery door opens for you and for me, and we are welcomed as God's family, Abba Father. That's what we get to cry out now, Abba Father. Not by our lonesome, but we, but we do this together. Family, together, fellowship, God's sons and daughters, and then we get to, you know, have a family meal at the Lord's Supper, bellying up to the table where Jesus, our big brother, reaches to us his body and his blood. Take, eat, this is my body given for you. Take, drink, this is my blood shed for you. Home, hospitality, table, and food all running together. And we wine and we dine. And we depart in peace. Why? Because we now know that hostility can't win over our Lord's hospitality. Hospitality always trumps hostility. And this hospitality that we receive here, we don't leave here. We actually carry it with us, don't we? We take the hospitality from Jesus and we bring that hospitality through our doors. The doors of our houses, the doors of our schools, the doors of our offices. And we hunt and kill hostility. Oh, yes, we do. Using that hospitality. Greed met with generosity toward everybody. 
Loss and loneliness met with a warm, loving embrace. Division and strife met with a peacemaking life. Suffering and sickness met with prayerfulness. And that that competition mentality, which I really don't like, and no one here should, okay? I know it's the American way, but you know, it's wrong. That competition mentality met with compassion for everybody. Now, uh, Simon and Associates in the Gospel reading, they're not quite there yet, and that's okay. (laughs) These guys give us hope, don't they? (laughs) They give me hope. (laughs) I'll get it eventually. Verses 36 and 37. And Simon and those who were with him searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. They want Jesus to set up a cure-all clinic in Capernaum. Can you blame Can you blame them? If Jesus, think about it, if Jesus walked this earth, if he was doing his earthly ministry right here, right now, and he cured AIDS, we would all be begging Jesus to set up a clinic right here in Auburn, Michigan, having everyone flock here to have all of their ailments <coughs> taken away. They don't quite understand Jesus yet. What they want isn't really what Jesus wants. Their aim is off. And what really gives that away is is another verb that's used here in our text. And that verb is to search. To search. You know, they don't really search for Jesus. A better translation is they hunted Jesus down. This is the verb for, like, hunting an animal. Yeah, their aim is really off, isn't isn't it? (laughs) They have uh, uh, the wrong target in uh, their crosshairs. Now, what they will learn slowly but surely, and what we are learning more and more and more here at GLC, is that this Jesus puts hostility in the crosshairs. And his weapon, what's his weapon? Not a Red Ryder BB gun, okay? (laughs) His weapon is hospitality! Nothing, no one can actually stop and stomp his hospitality. It's on the go, it's on the move. And that's what we see in our gospel reading, verses 38 and 39. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also. For that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. His hospitality is on the move, dear friends, through you. And through me, through all, through, through all of us here at GLC. Let's go. Is what Jesus says to everyone here at GLC. And we follow him showing hospitality. Which transforms houses of hostility into his home of welcome. Yeah, a home that welcomes everybody. Let's go. Let's go. Hostility has nothing on this hospitality. Let's go. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.